I've been afraid to show how much I love myself around other people. Because when you're around other people who are in uh, self-loathing, contempt for themselves, I've often felt the need to have to match their energy. It's like, oh, you hate yourself? Cool. I'm going to hate myself too with you so you don't feel alone. But like, I'm not really there anymore. Like, I don't hate myself and I don't resent myself and I don't loathe myself. I forgive myself for a lot of the shit that I've done. And um, the season of life that I'm in, and I'm sure your audience can relate to this, is like, you don't need to match people's energy. You don't need to be relatable. Just be yourself. And if you're in a season of love, then don't, don't like pretend to hate yourself so other people don't feel bad about hating themselves. Like, in fact, be the embodiment of love. I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week, In this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Vasavi Kumar wants to help you be the most truthful, authentic, and creatively expressed version of yourself. One massive way she's encouraging people to do this is by saying it out loud. She says that when the voices in our head remain verbally unexpressed, they can feel very real. When you take the time to say it out loud, then hear and question what you've been telling yourself, you'll realize that most of what you know about yourself is nonsense, and it's been passed down from your parents, society, and the media. Vasavi pulls from her real-life experiences of hardship, trauma, and addiction to guide and teach her clients to express themselves freely and love themselves unconditionally. So I want to welcome Vasavi to the podcast with so much gratitude. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Justin, for having me. Yes, of course. Yes. Really excited to get into this. Uh, So Vasavi, I want to ask you right off the bat too. So I... I uh, you know listened to a few of your podcasts, uh, ones that you were on, um, checked out some of your Instagram uh, videos, and it, it really shined through. I feel like for me, I noticed it with your podcast uh, with Allison Charles, and there's just an authentic, an authenticity. There's like a realness. There's like you have a very good grip on your voice. Thanks. I feel like yeah. yeah. Uh, and the question is, have you always been that way, or is that something that's really developed over time that you've had the strength behind your voice? It has not always been that way. I think I have had to shed some layers for me to get to the place where I'm at now. Um, the layers that I've had to shed has been, you know, that of. Am I coming off as too much? Are people going to think I'm know-it-all-y? Are they going to think that, you know, who does she think she is? Why is she so aggressive? You know, why, you know, it's just all the things that I've carried since I was a kid. Like, oh, she's crazy. You know, is she, you know, who does she think she is? Oh, she's crazy. She's arrogant. She's too much. Like all these things that, you know, I, I believed as a child about myself. So I, even though I was very direct in my messaging, being in business now for 11 years, there were always parts of myself that I hid. And I think the parts of myself that I hid were being vulnerable and showing my audience that I too get sad, right? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I'm very much a, okay, this happened. Let's learn the lesson. Let's move on. And that's just how I was raised, right? It's like, 
you know, we don't have time to be sad. We get worried, we get frustrated, we get angry. So the, the, the parts of me that I've really had to shed are like, it's okay for me to show vulnerability uh, with my audience. In fact, it's what makes me, uh, I think, a lot more magnetic for people to want to work with me. And I, I've hid those parts of myself, but probably what you're seeing now as of late and recently is that I am much more vulnerable about where I'm at in my life emotionally and not having to feel like, oh, because I'm in this position, I have this influence that I cannot be human, you know, mm -hmm. but I, I'm very much human, very human, which is why I understand people so well. And I have been learning every day to show that part of myself. And I want to just say for anyone listening who struggles with this, I know that the reason why I held back with sharing certain parts of myself, because I didn't think they'd be met with tenderness and understanding. But what I realized is when I started to meet those parts of myself, when I started to meet those parts of myself with myself, with tenderness and kindness and uh, no shame and no judgment, I stopped giving a shit if anyone else was going to meet me with tenderness because I met myself. You know what I mean? Yes, I love that. It's like um, just having just love for yourself, really, and, and not putting any sort of weight on anyone else's opinions or, or judgments of you. Um, okay. And have you, did you, like, when I asked that question, uh, is that something that you've noticed in yourself recently? Are you yeah. like aware of that in yourself? Yeah. Absolutely. I've noticed, uh, well, to be quite honest, I, you know, I, I, uh, I, I love taking an edible every so often. And when I take an edible at night and I, you know, you know, during the day, I'm, I'm, I don't obviously put anything into my system, but at night I'll like take half an edible, five milligrams and I'll get really into my feelings. And I do that to kind of get myself into just like in, in my emotions. And I notice how kind I've been to myself. Like I'm so kind to myself. And it's been recently, I love cannabis. I'm not a smoker because uh, I do voiceover work. So I don't smoke cannabis or anything like that, but I'll take an edible and that's really helped me. You know, it's, it's helped me uh, to become softer with myself. So that's, that's what's been working for me. And I I, I'm a huge fan of integration. So I, you know, I'll have these realizations at night. I'll have these moments. I'll shed these tears with myself because I live alone and just me and my golden retriever, who's right here. And I'll have these moments with myself and I'll feel so tender and close to myself and I'll integrate that. So I'll make sure that whatever I'm learning and however I'm being with myself when I'm alone, I be that same way with other people. I think oftentimes, Justin, like things that I've done is that I've been afraid to show how much I love myself around other people. Because when you're around other people who are in uh, self-loathing, uh, contempt for themselves, I've often felt the need to have to match their energy. It's like, oh, you hate yourself? Cool. I'm going to hate myself too with you so you don't feel alone. But like, I'm not really there anymore. Like, I don't hate myself and I don't resent myself and I don't loathe myself. I forgive myself for a lot of the shit that I've done. And um, the season of life that I'm in, and I'm sure your audience can relate to this, is like, you don't need to match people's energy. You don't need to be relatable. Just be yourself. And if you're in a season of love, then don't, don't like pretend to hate yourself so other people don't feel bad about hating themselves. Like, in fact, be the embodiment of love. I love that. Here on the Spread the Love Movement podcast, yeah. <laughs> I love that too. And I, I think that's uh, that's really important because like, we want to show empathy for each other. And I've been there before too, where someone's down or low and I've had the, the inclination to match that energy and that vibration and kind of lower myself so that I'm not shy, outshining them or they don't feel so alone uh, and just making them feel more comfortable. But I think it's important to show empathy for other people, but kind of be the observer instead of matching him, right? You can be there for somebody, but I feel like the best way that we can be there for other people, especially if they're down or low, is to be the best, highest version of ourselves. Yes. And, right? I don't need to jump in the fire with you. I don't because ultimately what happens is, see, I'm on, I'm on this planet to do great work. So when I lower myself, and I don't mean lower like you're better than less than, but when I lower that vibration, even if our conversation is done, you carry on. I'm now left with this low vibration. And how the hell can I carry on with the shit that I got to do? So I got to keep myself at, I, I, I got to be the observer. That's, I mean, I mean, you said it perfectly. I got to be the observer and I don't have to match. And that's why, you know, the company that you keep really makes a difference in your life, who you surround yourself with. But also it's really noticing when you do that. Like I've, I've been, I've had great days and then I'll meet somebody who's kind of having a shitty day. Um, and not my clients. With my clients, with my clients, I'm excellent at being the observer. But it's more like family friends with family and friends. 
So I'm like, can I play this? You know, who I when I play a coach, when I don't want to say playing a coach, but when I'm the coach for my clients, that is me in my truest form because I don't match anyone's energy. I can't afford to do that with my clients. That doesn't help them. But it's like, wait a minute, I could be that person everywhere. You know, why, why with, when it comes to family and friends, do I have to match their energy? I don't do that with my clients. I don't match my clients energy. So why would I do that with my family and friends? So that's something that I'm learning. That's I'm in the process of learning that right now. Yes. Right. Cause I, I, that's really interesting. And as I think about that, it's like, as like you kind of said, you're playing, it's like, are you identifying in different roles? right? Role as the kind of mentor, the leader, the guide. Mm-hmm. And then, so you're playing that part. And then when you're with family and things like that, you, you know, I've done this continuously in my life too. You have an identity of who you are with those people and kind of how you're supposed to act and how you're supposed to be, where there's two different versions of us or you in those moments where we I've obviously ideally just want to be our purest version of ourselves, that one version of who we truly are, not masking it or being different based on the audience or the person that we're talking to or the people that we're around. Well, yeah. And what you said was brilliant when you were like, you know, we're playing different roles. And here's the thing. We do get to choose who we want to be. What I've typically noticed is when someone's coming to me for the first time wanting to work with me, they've come to me in the capacity of Vasavi, the coach. But let's say I'm talking to my mother. Let's just say I'm talking to my sister. I have a certain role. I'm the youngest in the family. I'm the baby. I'm the, you know, I play a role. But I've actually noticed uh, I... It's it, it, it's so easy to blame our family, but it's like I get to choose who I want to be. I don't yeah. have to play that role because I'm around my mom, because I'm around my sister. So it's just it's really about taking back our own personal power and being like, I don't have to be that person because I'm comfortable with it. It's because I'm uncomfortable with playing this other role with them. It's nobody else. Nobody's putting a gun to my head telling me to be a certain way. I'm doing that because I feel Uh, uncomfortable, almost outshining my mother's pain or holding space for my mother, right? I've never really held space for my mother. I've always just kind of joined her in the fire with her and complained with her and gossiped with her. But it it quite literally, I've outgrown that role. So why am I going to keep, why am I going to go back into a size two jeans when I clearly don't fit into a size two jeans? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like, play, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I love that. So with my, uh, my, my dad is, uh, he's an Italian guy from Yonkers, New York. And, uh, he's very just like kind of how you would assume, you know, him to be, he's very loving. He's been a, a beautiful, brilliant father. He's taught uh, me and my brother to just truly love ourselves. Family is incredibly important. So he has these really sweet, genuine, uh, soft side to him. Uh, but then he has this other side of him that just is, again, kind of just like New Yorker and, and, and yeah. Italian and, and stuff like that. So I find myself sometimes as well masking who I truly am because, you know, he can look at me as kind of like uh, the spirit. Ex- yeah. A softie. Why are you exactly. why are you being so soft and gentle? Why aren't you being tough? You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. And who I used to be when I was younger, I used to have a crazy temper. I used to be this tough guy. I'd get in fights. And like me and my dad, like that's what we would bond over, you know, being tough, literally, and like talking about going to kick somebody's ass in a moment. And then as I've, you know, really, really outgrown that version of myself. There is just this like it gets odd sometimes and 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 we lose and I'll think about that sometimes. It's like where we used to connect, we can't connect on those things anymore. So now where do we connect on? And I find myself acting differently so that we can still have some form of connection. So we're not on total opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's something I'm working on, and it's something I'm absolutely and I'm so grateful getting better at just being my true, my truth in front of him. And you know, what's now come from that. Yeah. His heart opening more, him seeing love in more situations, him being kinder. I'll notice when he's going to say something to me, um, that kind of equates back to how we used to be with each other. He'll kind of think he'll stop and then he'll come forth in a more loving, kinder response. And in a situation. And, uh, I'm telling you when, when I see that start to happen, it's like, wow, this is what was possible for all these years that I could have actually been my truest self. Look, look, look what we could have actually had with each other. And now we're starting to have that now. Well, you had to, you had to go first. Yeah, exactly. But the other day, uh, my father, my, my, so my father's getting, uh, sick. Uh, he has a, he has a neurodegenerative disorder. So his body is stiff. He can't really walk without my mom holding him. He'll fall. It's like Parkinson's. 
And my mom gets frustrated with him because she's just like, you know, she, it, it's hard to, for, for a wife to see her husband deteriorate, right? You're supposed to be the man. And what, what's, so she got impatient with him. And usually I'd get upset with her. And I just texted her and I said, listen, I know you're doing the best that you can. Try not try to speak a little bit more kindly to him because you're going to regret it when he passes instead of making her feel. And she goes, you're right. I thank God that he's still alive because usually I would have been like, stop being so mean to him. But stop this. Stop this. You know, I've just I would have played that. That's that's how I used to be. I used to come to my father's rescue as a girl, little girl. I'd come to my father. But it's not about coming to my father's rescue. It's about sharing to my mother. You're a good person. I know this is frustrating, but when you yell at him like that, you're going to end up feeling bad when he dies. And I just kind of painted that like. It's, you're not going to feel good about it. And she said, you know what? You're right. So I just like even the approach, it softened her a little bit. Because my mom is, you know, I come from a family of immigrants. My mother is extremely hard, hardened. And uh, but she's also a very she has a very soft heart. But, you know, when you're an immigrant in this country, you have to be hard. I mean, that's how you get to the top. You, you can't mm. be soft. So I've had to soften myself so that I can also help soften my mother. You know, it's been hard, though, because I want to, you know, it's just it, it's not it's easy to revert back to how we used to be, especially it's our family, you know, and we have this like, uh, it's almost like we're betraying our family by growing. And <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. It's like betrayal. I once heard this from a mentor of mine, uh, an acronym for family is fucked up and mainly interested in limiting you. And <laughs> our family doesn't want to limit us. A family, I don't think wants to limit us, but see, you know, we grow up in a unit we yeah. have a system that we grew up in and it's threatening to the other members of the system when one part of that unit, well, you know, when one unit, you being one of the units, I be, when we go off and do our thing, it's like, hey, where'd you go? What do you do? Why aren't you not part of us? And that is the ultimate growth and uh, is to is to say, you know, I love you, but I'm, I'm going to go do my own thing, you know? So being a daughter of, first, uh, of Indian immigrants, you know, I did things very unconventionally. I got married, then I got divorced. I never had kids. I never remarried. Maybe I'll get remarried. I don't know. I'm not even thinking about it. I have my own business. I didn't become a doctor like every other Indian, you know? I've ha I have multiple, you know, revenue streams doing lots of creative stuff that I love doing, you know? And it's, uh, I feel very lucky because I'm the youngest in the family. My sister did the traditional route. So I kind of got a free pass in a way. But you got to ultimately... I think if it's hard for you to separate from your family, not you, anyone listening, what has helped me is become very comfortable with being alone. Because at the end of the day, none of us want to be ostracized. We don't want to be alone. But when you get really comfortable with your solitude and being alone, it becomes a lot easier for you to choose your own path. Mm. I mean, I think that's really important too, just for us to sit with ourselves and to be alone, to be in the silence, to be with our own thoughts. Because that can be challenging sometimes. We might want to run away from our thoughts because... When we're sitting there in the quiet, in the silence, the real shit comes up, mm -hmm. right? That can happen. And it's like, well, I don't know if I'm ready to face that yet, but that stuff is very important to face so we can bring it up and then release it and deal with it and, and yeah. heal ourselves from it uh, and not be in that pain so much. And really quickly, I just want to say this, the situation with your mom, I think is beautiful because in so many situations in life, when we approach somebody with kindness and empathy and understanding and love look at the response that your mom gave you instead of you or anybody in any situation being like, you shouldn't do this. This is mean. This is wrong. Don't treat this person that way. Instead being like, Hey, let's just like talk about this calmly and kind of see where this may go and approaching them with love. And it just seems like that really connected with your mom. And she really felt that and understood where you were coming from, which in every situation I feel like is what we actually want to achieve, right? We want to achieve that person understanding us, and them having more clarity on the situation that we're talking about. And when we go at somebody um, aggressively or negatively or more combating them, we're mm -hmm. never going to achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to learn that in relationships. Uh, yeah, yeah. Romantic partnerships. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I want to ask you, say it out loud, is everywhere. I love it. It's, it's your podcast. Uh, it is your book. Uh, that I believe is coming out next spring. Mm -hmm. uh, it is also the group experience that you uh, that you hold. August 5th. Yeah, August 5th is our 12-week group program. So um, here's what I want to say about Say It Out Loud. My 12-week group program is based off my book, Say It Out Loud. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a no shame, no judgment, no fixing kind of group. Uh, as someone who's gone through the 12 steps, uh, AA and both, NA, Narcotics Anonymous. What I loved about going 
to meetings was that no one was trying to fix one another. It's really just about sharing your shame, having somebody witness that and moving on. And that's really how I look at the say it out loud lifestyle and methodology is really starting from step one, admit where you are powerless in your life, right? Where in your life do you feel powerless? Because that takes a lot of humility to be able to admit where you feel like you don't have power. That's yeah. how I got sober. That's how I stayed sober from cocaine three and a half years is that I admitted that I, when it comes to drugs, I don't know how to say no. And when it comes to alcohol, I don't know how to say no. And when it comes to codependency and toxic relationships, I don't know. I am powerless in the face of people. Like I had to admit that out loud so I could actually get help. So my program and my book is really, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's a lifestyle. It's stop keeping stuff inside of you because we are all creative spirits and we are a conduit for God and our message and our purpose to move through us. And if we are clogged up on the inside, it's like the Drano commercial, right? Like how can the water run smoothly if there's clogged up, if it's clogged up with hair, right? So you need mm -hmm. Drano. So my version of Drano is to say it out loud. Just get that shit out of you. You got something to say? Just say it out loud. And the container that I've created, I'm really proud of it. It's what I always wanted as a kid in my house growing up. I just wanted to be able to share how I felt without getting hit without being asked to go to my room, without being told not to feel that way, without being told that's not true, that's not how you feel, without being gaslit and validated. So I created my own little group where you get to say exactly how you feel. If you're pissed off, you get to say that you're pissed off. No one's going to come and be like, wait, don't be pissed off. No, you pissed off, you pissed off. Just get it out of you. Just say it out loud. But we're not here to fix you. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to shame you. We, I've had women in my group share extremely intimate things. And they are now in the habit of just getting on, on our weekly calls in our Voxer community chat. They say that shit and they move on because you can't really move forward. It's very hard to move forward and do all the amazing things you want to do when you're clogged up on the inside. I think this is such an interesting aspect of it. I've never really uh, heard it kind of said in this way and really encouraging people to say it out loud. Um, I think it's a great tagline. I think it works really well. And it's just an interesting way to kind of approach these voices in our heads, the doubts that we feel, um, the lack of self-love that we may have in moments. Um, and I want to read, well, before really quickly, I just want to say, I meant to say this before, and we kind of continuing in the conversation. I just want to give you love and support for your father. I'm sorry you guys are experiencing that. I just want to give you all the love uh, and hope that he heals and uh, and you guys as a family too are healing and being there for each other. and. Um, Finding in moments, I know it can be tough, but even gratitude in these experiences. Um, so I just want to give you love for that. There is uh, something from something that you posted uh, about this that I want to just read off really quickly. So it says, I love this. When the voices in our heads remain verbally unexpressed, they can feel very real. This is why you're learning to say it out loud. When you take the time to say, hear, and question what you've been telling yourself, you'll realize that most of what you quote unquote know about yourself is nonsense passed down from your parents, society, and the media, because it is so true. And I guess I look at that as, as almost like, as like ego uh, and our subconscious mind, right? All these things that we've been programmed and drilled into us over all this time. And I've always thought about like working through these things, meditating on them, um, doing yoga to help express those things. Um, being very mindful, you know what I mean? But I've never really approached it with the idea of saying it out loud and getting it out, releasing that energy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just a really cool avenue and perspective that you've taken uh, on that overall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to know my background. I mean, I started therapy when I was 12 years old. So I even dedicate my book to my first therapist, Virginia, who was taught me that it was safe to say it out loud. I you know, I, I, this is the thing, the people who come into my programs, they're like, I've done all the courses, I've listened to all the podcasts. And I'm like, yeah, you're consuming information. When you consume information, it's going to spark something inside of you. Shit's going to come to the surface. Emotional wounds are going to be opened up. You're going to have realizations. Then you're just consuming and consuming and you just keep consuming more information. 
but you're not you're not really allowing the stuff that's underneath that consumption, which is these realizations and epiphanies that you're having to come to the surface and right. say it out loud. Right. So you could read a book on codependency, codependent, no more by Melody Beattie. Let's just say you you read that book. You realize how codependent you are. You're like, oh, shit, I've been codependent my whole life. And then you just keep following all the codependency accounts on Instagram and you just keep reading about codependency. But you're not actually speaking your truth out loud. What what is it about you? Like you just keep consuming information. So I tell people this is the one program you're not given modules. You're not given worksheets. You're not given more information. It is literally a group for you to release. I don't want to put more in you. You have enough inside of you. We need to unclog everything here so we get to the gut. We get to the root of who you are. You can't really get to the root of who you are when you have a bunch of garbage beliefs on top of it about who you think you are. Mm. We got to get to the root of who you are by releasing all the beliefs and the shoulds of how you should be and how people thought you were. You got you to clear yourself out. You got to clear. Listen, it's like it's like going to the bathroom. You know, you got to you, you don't want to be emotionally constipated. Right. You want to release those unresolved emotions, unexpressed emotions, because left un- unresolved, they just they just where do they go? They're just inside of you. And no wonder you get triggered here and there. No wonder when you try to go do something new for the first time, you get scared and you're like, oh, I'm scared. No, you address those fears, like address those fears instead of just being stopped in your tracks. And the way you move through it is by saying it out loud. Hey, I really want to start this business. I'm shit scared. I don't think I'm capable of doing it. I don't think I'm smart enough to do it. Just share that shit out loud. Because when you say it out loud, you're like, wait a minute. That's not fucking true. <laughs> what does that mean? I'm sorry, I'm cursing. Are you, am I not? That's to- fine. That's okay. You be, be your true self. But they're just, they're just words. But they're just words. Yeah, you're right. But that, you know, some people get so triggered and I'm like, whatever. Anyway, but you know, that's what we do inside my group when, you know, when, when, when the women want to do something and they're afraid, they're like, you know, I'm afraid my family's going to see this and they wonder, but you start saying that and you start hearing your own bullshit. You Mm. hear the bullshit, the bullshittery, but when you keep it in your head, it all feels so real. Right. Yeah. It makes like sense when you say to yourself and in your head, that quiet voice in your mind makes it seem like it's truth, but it's so true when you say it out loud. What is that difference there that you can kind of hear how ridiculous it actually does sound? It's the same thing, Justin. Like when you're talking to a friend, you know why we're such good friends and coaches and advisors to our friends? Because we have detached ourselves from their story. So when a friend is telling you something, you're not in their body, you're not in their life, you're hearing it as an observer. You can hear what they're saying. So you're neutral. You're, you're, you, you, you've transcended. They're in their ego. You've transcended that ego because you're not in it. You're just listening. You can do the same thing. Because when I say to myself, for example, a new belief that I'm, I'm, I'm letting go of, a belief that I'm letting go of is um, I'm asking for too much in my relationships. Okay. So I've been, I've been saying this out loud. I think I'm asking for too much in my relationships. All I really want is someone who's going to be consistent in their communication. And I'm like, for a lot. Like when I hear myself saying that, I'm not asking for a lot, but I have to hear it because you can distance yourself. You transcend above that ego viewpoint. I transcend mm. my ego when it get when I get it out of me, I can literally look at it like this. Like, oh, that's not true. I'm not I'm not asking for a lot. These these are my desires, right? Like you can actually have a conversation just like you do with a friend. So you learn to talk to yourself. Learn to talk to yourself by saying it out loud. Have, I, I mean, I literally solve my problems by just talking out loud. And even if, even if it's something overwhelming, I'll be like, oh shit, I got so much to do today. Oh, I got to go to Target. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I'm hearing it. And then I'll be like, wait, let's do one thing at a time. How are we going to do this? And I literally will sort out what I got to do by just saying, getting it out of my head. And then I'll be able to like visually kind of map out what I'm doing. Um, athletes do this. Andre Agassi wrote about this in his memoir about talking out loud. So this is not, you know, it's not just for the crazy. <laughs> And I, it's and, like, and I and I openly admit, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it looks a little crazy, but you know, if you look at child development, children ha- children talk to themselves out loud. That's how we learn how to tie our shoelaces over, under, around the tree, like all these little songs that we sing. But as we get older, we are silenced. The adults in our life silence us. But those voices that we have are still there. They're just internally. And so I think it's like changing the stigma and the idea that it is crazy if you talk to yourself. We're talking to ourselves every single moment of the day, almost. Always. Yeah, you're, just, you're just doing it internally. Exactly. But you, say, you might as well say it out loud and actually question, is this true? 
Is this actually true? Like when I've, you know, been, you know, I, I, I recently let go of a four-year relationship. It was so hard for me to let go of. It was, it was so difficult. And I noticed in my breakups, I didn't really talk out loud much. Like I didn't use my own methodology, but then I started to use my say it out loud methodology with myself. And I was like, oh my God, I see what's happening. I, I, I could see what was happening because I, I got it out of my head. Mm. I stopped being angry. I stopped being resentful. I stopped being fearful. And I just started being an advisor to myself. That doesn't mean that I bypassed my emotions. Trust me, I feel my feelings, okay? But I'm not gonna sit and let my emotions completely take over my logic either. Mm. Yeah, so you gotta say it out loud. You, you gotta have both. You gotta feel your feelings. You, you got to combine both logic and emotion. I mean, you know, you can't just live your life completely logically or completely emotionally. So this is saying it out loud really helps you blend both your logic and your emotion. Yeah. What literally a paradigm shift for me right now in thinking about this moving forward and saying these things out loud. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, that's why I love these conversations. And I just love new perspectives because it's literally something I never thought about before. It's always been internal and mindfulness, but in my mind. Never out loud, catching myself if I'm saying something hurtful to myself, realizing that's not who I truly am, calming myself down, thinking about it logically, and then really just working it out in my mind. But really releasing it and saying it out loud is a whole nother way uh, to view this and to, yeah. Whatever you say to yourself that's unkind, what I would recommend that you do, honestly, is to say that shit out loud in your own presence. And you will be like, oh, you know, I I said something really mean to myself. It was about a month ago. I said that shit out loud. I said, what what did I say? I said, I think I might have said you're useless. Like, I might have felt useless at some point. I was going through something and I was like, I go, God, you're so useless. And I said that out loud. And then another part of me came in. I go, no, we do not talk about ourselves in this house that way. We do mm-hmm. not talk about ourselves that way in this house. And I like this, this, this parental figure of mine came in part of me. And I was like, no, you are not going to be a bitch to yourself. Not under my roof. And I like set the tone because like the minute I heard myself talk about myself that way, I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. We are not doing that. And, um, you know, the, 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 the kinder you are to yourself, the more respect you have for yourself, the more forgiving you are, the less bullshit you tolerate from other people. Because listen, if I don't even talk to myself in that way, you're not gonna get, you're not gonna talk to me that way. Mm-hmm. So it really does help in gaining that respect. I think women especially need to hear this, men too. Uh, everyone needs to hear this. Like talk to yourself kinder, you stop putting up with bullshit from other people. You're like setting the tone with yourself. Set the tone with yourself. That's, a, that's you said it, you said it perfectly. That should be the title. Set the tone with yourself. You're setting a tone and a standard with yourself. If the tone and standard with myself is that I shame myself when I screw up, when I'm unforgiving, when I'm berating myself, when I'm scolding myself, when I when I deprive myself, when I'm punishing myself, I'm going to do that to myself and I'm going to do that with other people. Mm. So I don't want to be that way with myself. So this has really been a journey of uh, not being so hateful towards myself. I, I I think it's so important too. Throughout this, through the other podcasts I've listened to you with, you're you're using like your real life examples. It it creates a bond and a connection with your words even more because they seem so real to your actual life experience. Like you, you've experienced all these things, you've worked on yourself, you've worked through them, and now you're just sharing your experiences and the things that you've done in order to help other people. And where does that desire and passion come from? Do you feel like to help other people in their healing process? I think I, um, where does it come from? I, you know, it started from a young age going to India every year as a kid. Um, my parents, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm first generation. So I was born and raised in New York and, um, my mom would bring us back to India every year when we were kids. And I just witnessed a lot of poverty and suffering growing up. And I never understood why people had to suffer. Now I grew up very well off. I did not have to worry about money or food or anything, everything, you know, I was very grateful, but I, I could not withstand watching other people suffer. Uh, growing up, you know, half our population in India lives on the streets. And I just remember at a young age witnessing nothing like poverty here in the U.S. Like homelessness in the U.S. is very different than homelessness in India. Uh, you know, people shit on the side of the streets, you know, and I'm not saying people don't do that here, but it's 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 a, it's it's very extreme in India. And I just remember from a young age when you when you see that type of poverty, you know, what I really just thought to myself is how come. I'm not suffering, but how come other people have to suffer? So I felt this guilt 
which I've had to work through, I felt this like remorse. I felt shame and guilt that I didn't have to suffer. So other people, but other people suffered. I think the actions that I took throughout my life, I put myself through the ringer in a way. My soul subconsciously chose a lot of my paths with addiction and recovery and mental health and relationships. I, I, I almost made myself suffer so that I could come out on the other side. I'm done doing that, by the way. I'm done putting myself through the ringer. I've done enough suffering. I've, done, I, I've inflicted enough pain upon myself. I'm done. I'm good. I'm going to, you know, but that passion has always come from a young age. I just wanted people to be happy. I never understood, you know, I'm such a happy, happy, I'm such a happy kid growing up. And my parents just like, no one ever just seemed happy. Everyone worked so hard. Everyone, yeah. everyone was miserable. And I'm like, why can't y'all just be happy? So I just, it's always been in me, Justin. I, I can't explain it. It's a, it's really, truly God's grace. I, I don't know where it comes from. And I, I would be lying on my ass if I said I knew where it did. I've just always had this hunger to help other people. And uh, the way that I do that is by sharing my own personal life experience, because I don't want to just speak from theory. I speak from shit that I've actually gone through and I go through in the moment. And um, that's that has forced me to become more vulnerable because I even now I just went through something, you know, and I, I and I share it in real time. And because I think ultimately we all want to know we're not alone. And I know what it's like to feel very alone from a very young age. So I think I just always wanted to be a light in people's life. But I had to go through my own darkness for me to truly understand my own light that I had within, you know, I don't know mm -hmm. if that answers the question, but that's as, that's as true as I can be right now. I don't, I don't know. That was great. I think it's really cool that this stemmed from when you were a child, there's just such a pureness. I feel like in children, yeah. um, the lack of programming, uh, that they've received. Uh, I just feel like we're more connected to source and love, uh, when we're born and when we're children, we Absolutely. Just, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's no hidden agenda. There's no nothing. And uh, I'm really committed to going back to that pureness in, in me, that childlike essence. And part of that was, you know, for me was to get sober, for me to get sober from uh, cocaine, especially, oh my God, because that shit fucks you up. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to get back to my childlike state. I immersed myself in acting, voiceover, uh, all these like, creative arts that I love. And uh, I remember I had an acting teacher. She said to me just a few months ago, she goes, the muse enters in through the side door and comes in through you and expresses through you as the character that you want to embody in a script, in a movie, in a thing, in a, in a, in a, in a film or in a commercial. But she's like, you need to be clean on the inside. And I really took that to heart. So it's like, I look at everything that I put into my body, the thoughts that I think, the mm -hmm. words that I speak, and I'm not perfect at this. I mean, I, I, I'm an Aries moon. I am very fiery. I can say some shit. I'm a New Yorker. I can be a real bitch if I want to be. Like, I have these tendencies. I don't, but I, and I, I have these tendencies, but for me, my commitment is what can I do to keep my, my thoughts pure and, and my insides pure? And so for me, it starts with the thoughts that I think, the words that I speak. When I'm honest, I'm just being honest about how I am and not bullshitting anybody and the food that I eat, my movement, everything, because I want to be a vessel. I want to be a clear channel for whatever it is that God wants to say through me, you know? Yeah. It's can I, hard. It's not easy. Of, of course. And when you, can I ask, when you feel like a bitchy part of you coming up or coming, or coming uh, to the surface, mm -hmm. is it something that you feel like you're acknowledging, you're aware of? Is it something that you're allowing to be, or are you trying to change your thoughts or, or your vibration to be more centered or, or just maybe more loving in that moment? I'll tell you this. I'm, I, I would not consider myself, I, I'm not a bitch to people. I would, I don't, I don't curse out people. I don't talk down to people. That's one thing that I've, I'm very grateful for my father who always said, give people the benefit of the doubt. If someone gives you an attitude, get, you don't know what they're going through. Like, you yeah. don't. so when it comes to other people, I'm actually very tight lipped. Uh, I have a lot of self-control when it comes to what I say to other people. It's the when I'm by myself and I think about certain things, you like, have you ever just been by yourself and you'll like have start arguing with the voices in your head about something that happened like last week or last year? Like I have to be mindful of that. And that's when I know, oh, I have resentment that needs to be cleared out. And so if it's a friendship, if it's a, my sister, I'm very close to my sister. If it's, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest in my relationships and I'll say how I feel. But the biggest bitch that I've been, the, the person that I've been the biggest bitch to is myself. 100%. It's really not to anyone else. I'm good to everybody else. I feel really good about how I am with other people. It's my relationship to myself I've had to clean up. Because you meet anyone in my life, you'll meet my clients, you'll meet 
you know, you, I'm sure you'll, you'll have great things to say. Anyone who meets me will only sing my praises because I am a good human being and I'm a good friend to others. My, my life lesson in this lifetime has been to be as good to myself as I am to other people. Hmm. That's it. Yeah. And as you're saying that right now too, and we all do this to ourselves, we all beat ourselves up. We're all bitches to our, like we are, we <laughs> are all mean to ourselves. You know what I mean? In moments and hearing you just say that out loud, it was just so clear that how you said, you're not like that to anybody else. You only like that to yourself. And it was so clear of like, but why? You know what I mean? You are this beautiful person. And it's not even just a but why to you. It's a but why to everybody. Everyone listening right now who has done this and we all have, but why? Really? Because saying it out loud like you just did right now really made it super clear that you shouldn't be treating yourself that way. You are this beautiful person who's helping and serving and doing all these great things. And you would never be that way to someone else. So then why would you be that way to yourself? And that just gave me the realization for myself as well to think about this more often when I do this to myself. So thank you for being open and vulnerable and authentic because that's helping me as well right now. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you. And, and I want... Say it again. I said, I appreciate you. Thank you. Oh, of course. I appreciate you. Yeah. Uh, and so I, you had this really awesome post that I want to ask about. Mm -hmm. And uh, I followed it. You're like, okay, just stay with me. And I really stayed and I was there for it. It's the for me versus the so that. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. I love, okay. That what I, I realized that when I, after I took an edible, I realized that distinction. I was like, Oh my God. Like, yes. Okay. But anyway, keep going. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. So I want you to, I want to like, just you talk about that a little bit more. And just first off, before we jump into this, I love just your openness to right now about taking edibles. There is intention behind everything. So what is your intention? Are we, are you smoking a, a, a blunt to your or a joint to your face every single night and laying no. there watching TV and no, not doing uh, anything? No, right, right. You, That's yeah. I'll tell you exactly what I do. I, and I skip some days because I get, I get shipments from California. So there are some days where I don't have anything and I'll go four or five days without it. And that feels good for me. Like I don't need to have it. I still function without it because it's very intentional for me. So I'm not craving it. You know, I can feel a difference. I'm a little bit more on edge. I know that. And in those moments, I'll do some breath work and I'll just go to sleep or whatever. But I go a few days without it. I take a break. But this is my intention. Um, I'll work all day. I'll do interviews. I'll do typing. I'll go to the pool. I'll do. And then, you know, just to and I'm, I'm high functioning. I'm, I'm using my brain throughout the day. Right. And then in the evening around, I would say I'm in bed by nine these days because I'm waking up at six. But, um, you know, it takes like an hour to hit and I'll take like five milligrams of a little gummy and I'll, you know, uh, make my coffee for tomorrow. I'll do the thing. I'll just I'll get settled in and I'll like just settle in and I will ask myself, what do I want to focus on today? Where do I want to go today? Where do I want to go deeper into? What do I need to unearth? And I'll just sit and I'll lay, I'll literally lay there and I'll just allow myself to feel. And then I can feel these overwhelming emotions. And, and then I allow myself to just really kind of go there and make sense out of it and feel it in my body and release it. So uh, I, I don't really just take edible. I don't need to get like fucked up. I don't want to get fucked. Up. Like I'm happy with my reality. Like I don't yeah. want to, I don't mean, I don't want to do that. I use it really so I can just kind of melt a little bit and I get out of my head. It's a way for me to get out of my head and completely just feeling everything in my body. And also, you know, I'm a crier. I have no problem crying. I've cried on interviews. Like if, if it moves me, I'll cry. But there's a type of pain that is harder for me to access, which is the pain of my inner child. There's this loneliness inside of me that I've been unearthing. I've been used, doing this for the past week. There's this, and I just recently started therapy again uh, last week and doing EMDR and working on a few things, but um, there's this very, very deep, deep, deep loneliness inside of me that um, it's, it's, it's it, I don't think it's, I don't want to use, maybe it's not loneliness, but anyway, I'm very curious to learn about this loneliness that I have. Uh, it, it's an armor. It's an armor in a way. Like I have this armor that I know needs to get let down a little bit that I would like to unguard myself. So I've been using edibles to really kind of understand this loneliness, this, this little girl inside of me. So I have this little photo of that's me when I was a kid. Mm. You know, she, she's like, she prefers to like be alone. But I don't think that that's really her truth. I think she's terrified of letting people in. So I've been kind of talking, see, I'm going to cry now. I've been talking to that part of myself and accessing her. She's starting to build trust with me again. I've let her down in so many ways. You know what I mean? Like we have this adult who has treated this child inside of us like shit. So I'm trying to rebuild trust with this part of myself 
that's like, man, you abandoned me. You left, you let all these men into our lives who treated us like shit. Like, I'm just going to be alone. So I've been trying to have to, having these conversations with parts of myself that are, that are hiding from me because they don't trust me. So there's a part of me that doesn't trust me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Huh. So I'm using, I'm using my edibles in a, in a very intentional way to connect with that part of myself. It's like, come out, come out wherever you are, you know, she's there, but I got to let her out. So I got to calm myself and talk kindly to her and, you know, she'll come out. It's, mm. it's not, you know, you, you can't betray someone's trust for 40 years and expect them to trust you all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. That's that part of myself. I just, I love that. I love being intentional because and the reason why I said, you know, smoking a blunt or a joint to your face and melting on a couch, because yeah. there's a stigma and I know we're moving away from that stigma more and more because marijuana can be so medicinal. I'll, I literally do the same thing. I'll take like a five milligram edible and in moments I've had the most clearest, beautiful, loving thoughts I've ever had. They've given me new <laughs> perspectives. Like you can't, I want to talk about that too in a second, but you coming up with that because, um, you know, eating the edible, it will create you to think about things in a different way. And like, who doesn't want a new perspective on something? You know what I mean? I, I, I think about things in such a loving way that I like fall in love with myself. I'm like, I love how I think. I have such an expanse. I am such a kind human being. And I'm like, can I be that way with myself consistently? I, the, mm. the, the, the game that I'm playing, Justin, is consistency with myself. And here's why. And I promise we're going to go to the four me's so that I've been, you know, really thinking about maybe entering into a relationship. And I realized that what I was craving was, you know, that masculine energy of consistency and reliability and stability, right? That's why I love being around a man. I love, I love, my father was very consistent, reliable and stable. I haven't really had much of that in my life recently uh, with a man, but I realized, and this was, this was a hashtag edible epiphany. You can take that. I realized that um, I needed to be the man for me for a little bit. I needed to be the consistent, reliable, stable one for me because I was attracting all these flaky ass men. And I'm like, what? which part of me is attracting these flaky ass men? Oh, the part of me that's flaky with myself. <laughs> I'm flaky as fuck with myself. So you know what? I've been getting up every morning at 6.15. I've been going to Barry's boot camp at 7.40 in the morning. Look at these guns. Like I've been working and I'm being consistent. And that is literally, and that was an edible epiphany. Oh my God. And I literally was like, okay, what do we need to do? Where are we not being consistent with ourselves? Our movement. Okay, great. What are we going to do? Let's, let's get back into some high intensity stuff. I know what works for me. Boom, signed up, spent the money, just doing it. And I'm like, here we are. I'm just, I'm going to be the man for myself. Because then what happens is when I'm not consistent with myself, I look to a man to give that to me. And I'm just happy with this fucking crumbs, but he's not really that reliable and consistent on the outside he is. But when I'm truly consistent and reliable and stable for myself, I will feel it in another person. But I haven't. Yeah. So I know you love this as a man. Tell me what you're thinking right now. That was just so perfect. Not even like the man thing. It's just, you don't attract, you attract who you are, not what you want. Right. So if you want that stability, that consistency, you have, I love that you have to be that for yourself in order to vibrate at a certain frequency to then attract that from somebody else to you. You can't be low and inconsistent and not whole and expect to receive that from somewhere else. Even if it comes, it's not going to last. It's not going to be something that's stable. It may come in flickers here and there. It's not going to be anything that has longevity. And it's just so cool that you are, you're not looking for that outside of yourself. You are creating it within yourself. And in doing that, you will attract that and bring that to you. Yes. And I tell this to all my clients, find what you, where are you not being consistent with yourself? I know for me, it's my sleep time. It's the time that I wake up in the morning. Um, and it's my working out like everything. When it comes to my business, I'm consistent when it comes to everything. And even, but, but am I really though? Like I noticed like when I, you know, I wasn't showing up even for my business in moments where I wasn't feeling great. So it was like, even my business was taking a toll. So like, that's just, I'm, I'm still very much woman. I'm very much one, but I am being the consistent, reliable man for myself right now. That's who I am. And I'm still very much in my feminine. I want people, because I think a lot of times women think like, oh, you're going to be masculine. You're going to lift weights. It's not about lifting weights. It's not about that. It's about showing up for myself every single day. And within my structure, I can flow and be my feminine self. Like I'm a very flowy, creative 
woman. I, I'm very creative. I'm very flowy. Like I just, I come up with ideas, but if I don't have that structure for myself, I'm just all over the place. So I need that structure. That structure actually gives me the freedom to flow. So I just have to create my own structure. I'm feeling mm. really good where I'm at right now. Good, good. And do you, I thought I have a lot too about the like polarities of like masculine and feminine. Mm-hmm. And I guess where I am, where I am, I don't, and I don't know. I'm just going to speak how I feel on this moment. Just say could, it out loud, Justin. Right, exactly. It's good. I could be a different person in, in an hour from now, in a day from now, in a week from now. But where I am right now, I don't notice the, and I, I know they are just a part of the universe and a part of life, but the polarity between male and female, like you being more consistent or, re, or resilient, I don't think that is masculine. I think that is just you being you and you being yeah, your that, truth. You know what yeah. I mean? To be honest, I don't really like labels. Uh, I was diagnosed yeah. with bipolar disorder and I, I hate labels. I think I, I don't like labels because I it's like a sticker. You put it on the car and no matter how much you try to take the label off, you can never take the sticker off. So for me, when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, bipolarity, I looked at bipolar disorder from a much bigger level that it's the conflict between your higher self and your ego, this constant duality. And so for me, it's just really about being one with myself. I am, and I don't like, yes, nowadays it's all about the masculine, the feminine, the masculine, feminine. And it's like, no, maybe this is just me. This is just me. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Taurus. I like, I like consistency. I like being grounded. I'm very patient. I think it's okay to use labels and terms if you're, if it's helping you make sense, but don't lock yourself into it. Yeah, I like that. If it's making sense, but don't lock yourself into yeah. that. I think that's perfect. Because yeah. Yeah. like, I, I consider myself like emotional in touch with my feelings. I love colors. I love the color purple. Yes, um, as you should. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make you womanly. That's It's, it's a fucking color. Literally. Who assigns gender to color? Like it makes no sense. Exactly. And in those moments, I'm like, this is, like I, I'm very in tune with love. Like, I mean, I guess obviously, you know what I mean? But based on spread love movement and all those things, it's like, And when someone is being loving or kind and caring, I feel like that's viewed as being feminine, but I don't consider myself to be feminine. I just consider myself to live my truth and who I really am. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Thank you. And it's just, it is, it's interesting. And because that's, that's why for me, I don't have a a total grasp on it yet because I know the two ends of the spectrum exist in masculine and and feminine, but I just, I, I feel more cohesiveness between them as opposed to being on separate ends. I think you feel you're integrated. That's how I feel right now. It's like, you know, I, and, and also society has done a number on us women, what feminine looks like, you know, yeah. what, what does it mean to be feminine? Like, oh, you have to look like this in order to be like, please do not tell me what being a woman is. You are not inside my body. Like you have no idea what it means to be not you, but you know, media does this society does this. So it's like, you do you, you know? Yeah. Okay. So, so let's, uh, let's jump okay, back in. Into- yeah. So if you could okay. just explain that, right. So it was for me versus so that. Okay, great. So let's say I'll just use my personal example. I realized a perfect example that I use is working out. Anytime I wanted to get into a workout routine or anything, this is past beyond my twenties. This was like most like in my thirties and I was dating men who were very superficial and made me feel like I wasn't pretty enough or good looking enough. But I noticed a clear distinction that every time I chose to do something, it was always so that, so that he would like me, so that he would pay attention to me, so that clients would want to work with me. Maybe if I do this, then, you know, um, so that I'll make more money. So that was always so that something outside of me would fill the God-sized hole inside of me versus now I'm working out every day for me because I want to feel good because I want to, it's all about me. I'm the most self-centered person you'll ever meet. And I say that with such pride because at least everything that I'm doing is not with any agenda. Everything I, I wanted it to be pure. I don't want, you know, you, you know, you and I talked about purity. So for me, it really just helps me see, am I pure in my actions? Am I doing this so that I can get something from you? I don't want to do shit anymore so that I can get something from you because it feels so impure for me. I want to do it because it feels good for me. And if it happens to have a ripple effect and you decide to do then great. But my primary agenda is me. That's mm-hmm. it. And so I had to be real with myself because I realized a lot of the things that I do is so that, so that, so that versus I'm doing it for me. That's it. And I realized, Justin, a lot of the things in my life were so that. And so when I really started to 
think about what would I do for me? 90% of the shit that I was doing would be eliminated. Mm. It wasn't for me. So now I'm really in a place. It's like, I'm doing this, like every action that I'm taking, everything that I'm doing, is this for me? Or am I, and even as simple as like, so that I get skinny, so that I, no, I'm doing it because it feels good. Like, okay, I ate a salad this morning. I never eat salad for breakfast, but I came home from my workout. I was like, God, I really just want some roughage. I just did. I didn't do it. Oh, cause salad's good for me. So I'm going to be skinny. No, I literally just wanted a salad. So I ate a salad and like, that's where I'm trying to make my decisions from. It's just cause I want it. Mm. I want it because I want it and it feels good. And that's that and not have it be so attached to an outcome, but I have a huge ego. I have a huge ego and I can bullshit myself and I can tell myself that I'm doing stuff with pure intentions when I'm not. So we say it out loud and we, and we ask ourselves if we do it for me or we're doing it so that. That's why, that's where that distinction came in. So good. It's so brilliant. I've never thought about it that way ever. And I know everyone listening right now, just like sit and be with this for a second, maybe a minute and realize if you've done this before and how, because that's like one of the things too, that I feel like a lot of us are doing without being aware that we're even doing it. Oh yeah. We are all very manipulative because we've had to learn how to be manipulative. When you don't get your needs met as a child, you will figure out ways to get your needs met. So it doesn't make you a bad person. I don't think I'm a bad person because I've lived my life. When you have unmet needs, trust and believe you will find ways to get your needs met. Mm -hmm. And so you become manipulative and it's a trauma response. You're not a bad person. I've never, I love that. Thank you for clarifying that and making that super, super clear. You are not a bad person at all forever having these thoughts. And like, thank you. Like this is so important and brilliant because you are bringing the awareness to it. Like I I can't adjust this in myself. No one else can listening can adjust it. If we're not first aware of it, we can't make that change unless we know. So Mm -hmm. thank you for now allowing me to know. Yeah. (laughs) And everybody listening to it's like how many times in my life have, Oh my gosh. Have I I, listen from, from, the color, so for, for me, like how I do my nails to the outfit that I'm wearing. Am I wearing this dress because I hope some guy pays attention to yeah. me? Or am I wearing this dress because it makes me feel good? It's like literally every, or even like go down to the brand of coffee that you drink. Are you doing this to keep up with the Joneses because you think that oh, it's it's a, it's approved by society? Or are you doing it because you actually want to? Most of the shit that we do, we're not even enjoying it. And that's why we're miserable. So start doing stuff for you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you even doing that, like thinking about that one example of going out and am I wearing this dress for me or so that somebody will look at me and find me attractive or hopefully fall in love with me. When you do the thing for me, you will attract the right person to yeah. you that will love you and care about you in those right ways. Absolutely. So that is everything. And the for me, it's come up a lot in different conversations on the podcast where I, I don't like to ever really use the word it's selfish because selfish has a negative connotation. And I've said this before, we need to create a new word. Uh, that means taking care of ourselves first and foremost, because in taking care of ourselves and doing what is good for us, raising our vibration, that is how we can step out into the world in, in the best way. That's so you how we you, you, you could say instead of saying selfish. I mean, I don't like I don't mind the word selfish. I was called selfish my whole life. So I've just learned to embrace it. Mm. But I, I really like going from self-conscious to self-expressed. Self-conscious would be very much so that energy, right? We're self-conscious. So we do things so that other people validate us and make us feel good versus this is me self-expressing. That's for yeah. me. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, nice, nice. I like that. From self-conscious to self-expressed. Yeah. Because it is, yes, the ah, the for me. It's just really everybody listening, do things for me. Because again, using the example of like the dress, that creates actually what you're looking for without you looking externally and doing it for something outside of yourself. Like that's how you create true happiness in your life is by doing those things for you, focusing on yourself. What makes you happy? What brings you joy? Do those things because that's what it brings to you. Not in hopes that someone else will recognize you or acknowledge you, or they will give you the love that you're not giving to yourself. It will never... And it's yeah. momentary. It's like a drug. Trust me, as someone who used to do plenty of cocaine, it feels good in the moment. And then afterwards, yeah. you just feel empty. You feel empty because it didn't really fill you. It was just a momentary dopamine hit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It didn't fill you at all. No, it made you feel like shit, actually. Because it makes you feel, it just leaves you with the emptiness, if not a deeper emptiness. 
That's what it is because you may have been like at a level here, but you go up and then you lose it and you drop down even further because oh, you've yeah. actually, yeah. Yeah. It's even deeper. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing all your experiences and everything. I do want to ask you the question I ask every single guest. Uh, and I'll preface it always as my, my goal in life and spread love movement in this podcast and just my day to day is helping shift the collective consciousness of the planet to being in a place that is more loving with each other, that's more kind and peaceful and empathetic and understanding, accepting one that is more vulnerable with our truth uh, and one that has a consciousness that is just more one and understanding that we are in this together and we are love. That's who we are at our core. Yes. Um, so how do you feel like every day in life you are helping contribute to this sort of a beautiful shift in consciousness? I'm being more loving to myself every day, which yes. is a natural byproduct. It just, it has a domino effect, period. I've always been good to people. I've, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good to people. I'm, I, I can, it doesn't matter who you are, what you can do for me. You can be the homeless guy at the side of the street with the cardboard sign. You can be my server. You can be a multimillionaire. I'm going to treat everyone the same because we're all the same at the end of the day. That's not really my, my big struggle has been being kind to myself and where I stop being loving to myself is where I stop being loving to others. And I don't like that. I don't want that for me or for other people in my life. Cause I know how potent my love is. I really do. Cause I can see it when I'm giving it to myself. God damn. I'm so loving to myself. Like I can see the power of my own love because I've seen it with other people in my life that I've taken care of and, and loved. Um, but what I'm doing every day is to just deepen the love that I have with myself. Cause that's really all I have control over. Mm. That was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Justin. And I love that too. It's because I, I talked about this before too. Love is it. We are love and it is infinitely abundant. It's always there. It's and there's just, so much of it. There's no cap. There's no at cap all. to it. Yeah. It is literal. It like, it is infinite. It, it's, there's no cap. There's no end to it at all. It's just, are we allowing ourselves to remember that we're love and connect back to that? And in those moments, choosing to be loving to ourselves or others as opposed to being negative or rude or mean or condescending or whatever it may be. Like the love, the choice to be loving is always, always there. It's just, what are we going to choose to yeah. do and be? Uh, thank you really for sharing your, again, your personal experiences, because we all have these doubts. We all struggle. We all step away from our own self-love sometimes. And we're uh, myself included. And I'll catch myself during the day, just being kind of like nasty or mean, or, or, you know, just not kind to myself. And um, just thank you for your vulnerability and sharing it so openly because that allows people to connect more to it. And then to understand that they're not alone and to work through it. So thank you for that. Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to say to everyone listening, but in my office, I don't know if people could see the video. I always keep this photo of me as a child because like, how could I be rude to her? How yeah. cute is Look at me with my little romper, <laughs> you know, with my little flowers. So I would say to you, yeah. Justin, keep a little photo of you. I don't, I don't have kids. I don't want kids, to be honest. I have a golden retriever where I treat like my daughter, but I literally, I, you know, I have the, the person that I've had to apologize the most to is this little girl inside of me that I have hurt over and over and over and to various versions of me, my teenage self, my young adult self. So I just I just don't want to be that way to myself anymore. I'm tired. I'm being mm. I'm tired of being an asshole to myself, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you. True. Me too. In moments. Yeah. For real. Oh my God. Like why? Yeah. And when you say it's so clear, like when you say it right now, it's like, why are we ever assholes to ourselves? Like, what are we doing? No, uh, I'm not doing it. Yeah. Do you ever think you're that, that picture of yourself, that, that young version, that young girl version of who, you know, you are and who you were that she would just love you unconditionally for who you are now and what you've gone through and have no ill will towards you at all. Well, you know, I remember myself when I was that age, and I was so, oh man, I was just so loving. I mean, I would go run outside, play with the flowers, come back in to make sure my, I mean, I was just, I know what I was like. I was a very sweet, soft child. And, you know, when life makes you eat shit over and over and over again, you know, you get hardened. And I realized a lot of, you know, my actions that I have taken were just so that, someone would love me. And when mm. you're constantly living in so that mode, you will attract people who don't really deserve you. 
So I've, you know, I, I know that little girl in me would never, um, is it, it's just nothing but the embodiment of love. And that goes for all of us. That's not just me. Right. Cause it, you just said that, right. That version of yourself was so loving as a child. So of course she would just love who you are and love what you've gone through and have nothing but kindness to you and empathy, uh, for what you've experienced. And is it more like even connecting back to that version of yourself? Like just literally connecting back to that consciousness of love. I realized, okay, like, oh my God, we're, we're going to keep going. It's fine. Let's just go. Let's just go. Okay. I'll tell you this. I realized so much of my sensitivity I have ignored. Um, so like yesterday I was with hanging out with a friend and we hung out for like eight hours by hour three, I was tired. I was like, why am I still hanging out? I was like, can you go? I didn't say that, but I was like, I, I noticed this sensitivity inside of me that I was like, I just wanted to be alone, but I continued to hang out with a friend. And so I set a boundary and I said, Hey, at five o'clock, I'm going to, can we wrap things up? You know, she was over my house. We were hanging out and it was nice, but I realized like the little girl inside of me has always been very clear about what she wants and doesn't want my little girl. She's very clear on her likes and dislikes, but as I got older, I bent those boundaries. I bent those rules. I just put up with bullshit. And the more in touch with her I am, the more I realize how content I'm actually by myself. And I don't feel the need to say yes to being with people all the time. And I, I'm okay with missing out on stuff. I actually have a joy of missing out because I enjoy being with myself, you know? But I realize the more connected I am with her, the more honest. I'm starting to feel like my honest feelings about things, you know, because she has never lied to me. She has always been honest with me. I have just ignored her, just like our parents ignored us, just like our parents invalidated us. I became my my own abuser. I became my own perpetrator. And I became the person that 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 didn't love me the way I needed to be loved. So I had to learn how to reparent myself. I don't blame my parents for anything. I love them deeply. Their immigrants came here. They did the hardest, the best they could. I love my parents very much. But, at, you know, at some point we got to take responsibility for what we didn't get as children and we got to give it to ourselves. And that's just what I'm trying to do day, day by day. Mm. It's not too late. Once you have focus and once you realize it's you're unstoppable, you know? Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. The clarification, it's never too late. And no, that was perfect. Never, 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 never too late. Mm-hmm. No, mm-hmm. I hate when people use their age as an excuse. Like, listen, if you're still alive and breathing, stop fucking making excuses. I can't deal with the excuse. Like I could have said, oh, I went to rehab once. Oh, I went to rehab twice. Oh, I'm divorced. I'm this. No, no. I'm getting the swag back of my, of my 24 year old self. Just watch, watch me, Justin. Yes, you know, I'm going to be will. back on your podcast when my book comes out. Right. So I can't me. wait. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah you'll see me. Yes. Can you please, before we cut out, just let people know where they can find you online. If they want to join your group, if they want to get your book when it comes out, just give people all the deets so they can connect with you. Yes. So I know this is probably coming out before August 5th. And even if it comes out after August 5th, um, my my upcoming Say It Out Loud group starts August 5th. It's 12 weeks. It's an amazing group. Uh, Live calls led by me. Boxer community chat where things are popping. Uh, go to vasavikumar.com forward slash say it out loud to sign up for that. Uh, I also have my book waitlist. So vasavikumar.com forward slash waitlist. And then, yeah, find me on Instagram at my name is Vasavi. Feel free to send me a voice note DM. Uh, I will. I check my DMs. So I'd love to hear from you. Perfect. Thank you so much for creating time to come on uh, so we could chat and have this incredible conversation. Uh, and really, thank you for being you and being your most authentic, vulnerable self. I, like, like I said in the beginning, it really shines through. It is so transparent. And there is something so magnetic and real about that. So Vasavi, thank you so much. Thank you, Justin. Of course. Everybody, thank you for being here. We have so much love for you and we will see you next time. Bye.